are tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, everyone. Welcome to AfterBuzz TV Black Sales, episode XII. Episode 11, season 2, episode 3, if you're keeping track. I'm your host, Ryan Hooks. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. You can hit me up at RyanHooks92 on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, all the above. Join us on YouTube. Hit us up on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Hashtag ABTV Black Sales. To my left, Lawrence Alon. Hello, everybody, and you can find me on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, at Lauren Salon. That was like a, a, a call-in phone, like, hello, thank you for calling Lauren Salon, 1-900-BLACK-SALES. <laughs> That's my day job. That's your day job voice? <laughs> Clearly, you and Rocco work in the same building. Guys, thank you for tuning in. We are back. Episode number 11, Black Sales. God, I am, this show, I'm so mad every single week when this show ends. Like, I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, yes, oh, oh. yes, oh, yes, and then the episode is over. And I'm like, what? I have to wait a whole other week. It was this week's was nuts too. It was out of control. I don't really very frequently watch TV shows live, or if I do, I sometimes you know immediately after it's on and I watch it. But like, man, I can't even like wait to watch the mm-hmm. show. No, it's, it's sa- and it's on Saturday night too. Like I'm sitting at home Saturday night <laughs> in my pajamas, drinking hand, got my popcorn, and it's like black sales time. Yes, <laughs> like, gotta get home early or gotta wait to do anything. Yeah, I can't go. I can't go out, guys, because I gotta watch black sales on Saturday night. All right, so this week a lot of stuff went down, as you said. I mean, I can go ahead and say I was right. If you want to start the show we, that way, hey, we we called it. I mean, yeah, we'll get there, but. Yeah, we'll get there. All right, so the episode starts off this week uh, in 1705, back with Lord Hamilton. Uh, and they're talking about how they can fix Nassau. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I like these little flashbacks that they're getting. I like that we're getting more and more about Captain Flint uh, and a little bit more about Miranda Barlow. Uh, I'm going to call her Miranda Barlow because it's going to be confusing if we start yeah. calling her, you know, whatever, Lord Hamilton's wife. Anywho's, I like that this week, too, they keep bringing up these references, and they've done it before uh, about books. Right. And, and it, it takes a little bit, like, of time to figure out why it's relevant. This one was definitely a big, a big one, well, too. Well, both. Both of them. So, there's a couple different things. So, if you remember in season one, when Richard Guthrie was captive at Miranda Barlow's house, so to speak, she gives him a copy of Marcus Aurelius mm-hmm. and talks about reading it, and it helps explain how Flint is the way he is. And if you think back about that, it's really relevant to this week, because now we're learning more about Flint. But we're learning more about Miranda Barlow creating Flint. Right. And, you know, so this week, uh, first off, we get a copy of Don Quixote, which Miss Barlow gives him from Lord Hamilton's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, in, if you're, and it's in Spanish, too, mm-hmm. which is another. So she makes him a better person. Thing. But one thing that's, I mean, it's relevant to that is she actually is commenting and targeting it at her husband. And if you think about Don Quixote and the storyline of Don Quixote, basically, uh, he doesn't see the world for what it is. And he prefers to imagine himself living like these crazy nightly, 
you know, nightly as in like a night, not like at nighttime, uh, these like stories in his mind. And he creates all these fantasies. And it's essentially what Miranda Barlow is saying that her husband is doing. She's, he's creating this mm-hmm. concept of this new Nassau that's never going to happen. Right. This overly optimistic, unrealistic guy that's just dreaming so big, but a little too big, probably. And Flint keeps being blunt and directly honest with him. You know, the things you need to do. Clearly, your governor's corrupt and he's pretending that he needs help but really he's taking a bunch of money they need to replace him they need all these things to make this work and you know Flint says it will never work do you think it'll work? <laughs> clearly it's not yeah it's like the I'm, the chicken or the egg sort of thing whether it's the pirates and what's going on there or is it the corrupt leaders you know who kind of influences whom I agree well then as the the, the flashbacks continue throughout the episode uh, we get a little bit where Captain Flint, as Lieutenant James Flint, is actually at his house, and Miranda Barlow comes over and invites him to this art show uh, at the Duke and Duchess of Surrey's house. She's so forward. Very. She's so aggressive. I, I was that kind of, I mean, she's very classy and wise, I think, most of the time. at this, And with all of that, also a bit manipulative and sly with what she does. But I was a little surprised to see how forward she was with him. You know, well, she, and they talk about her reputation and there's all these rumors right. about her, you know, that she does these things with these people, which I think is probably true. Like all the rumors are probably yeah. true. I mean, it's clearly she's going after Flint. Yeah. And she's got this husband who's probably just like daydreaming all the time. Ah, about, living this fantasy We're going to do this and this and this. And We're going to save the world. Yeah. She's like, I just need someone who's <laughs> knows what's going take on. advantage of me and bend me <laughs> over the table. Oh gosh. That's also yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> we got everything Foreshadowing. this week. Literally everything happened this week on Black Sails in one yeah. episode that you could ever, it's, ever hope for a in a show. Uh, anyway, so they continue then in the storyline where he ends up saying he'll go with her, but he instructs the driver to take them back home, uh, back to the, the Hamilton's house. But there's a lot of manipulation going on in there. And I, I felt like that part more than anything in the flashback when they're in the carriage gave me a sense of Flint more than anything. Like her talking about the things that Flint is really wanting. The fact that they're whispering things about him and the, it doesn't matter what they're actually doing. It's about what they're saying. And that's more important to him right. than anything else. And I think that was true now in you know, 1715 or what, you know, 1716 year they're in now. That is the most true thing about Flint is his, he's more worried about what people are saying over what's actually happening. True. Very true. And he likes that. Yeah. And it's relevant from this very moment in 1705 that he likes that and that's going to be who he is. And this is defining him right now. Yeah, he likes to have that reputation that precedes him, essentially. Well, and it's true because when he returns back to the tavern early later on in the episode, everyone stops talking when he walks in the room. Mm-hmm. Everyone just sees him and just stops. Well, and as we saw with other people who have met unfortunate demises because of that, it's been largely due to talking going on behind his back little gossip never hurt nobody well then too so and going back to the books i just want to cover the book thing again because he goes to see miranda barlow later on in the episode uh and he takes a book with her and and leaves it for and it's uh lagilati i think it's a cervantes novel Mm -hmm. and essentially what's relevant with that is the story itself is basically about class love and there's an upbringing and lifestyle struggle in that between the two lovers it's clearly relevant of their storyline where Miranda's this upper class lady and he's this lower class, you know, he's his carpenter father and 
you know, it's about lifestyle and love and affection and desire. And he leaves a note that says he's sorry for what mm-hmm. happened for her. Now, do you think that's him kind of being done with their relationship? Oh, no, I think he wants their relationship to pick right back up where it left off. And he feels bad for what happened to her and the position you put her in. And I feel that he wants to mend things. And I think it, she is the most one of the most important things to him. Right. Other than this gold. Yeah. Clearly the gold, gold is the most important Mrs. thing. Barlow. However, Mrs. Barlow is the second most. I'm just going to go with that. Okay. I, th- I, I definitely think he values her very highly and she, him, but I, part of me wondered if that was his kind of parting, parting gift, you know, that this is why it won't work perhaps. No, I think that this is why he wants to work because they're so different. And these two lovers in this, in this book and this novel are so different that he wants that to be them. All right. I don't know. I, I do, so I, I, but I like this, this, this subtleness because if you don't look it up, or watch her podcast, you probably don't get the subtleness of like using these specific novels. Right. Well, like, even with Don Quixote, when she right. says, oh, it's in Spanish. Well, maybe he'll yeah. learn it and that'll come in handy sometime, which we saw that it did when they were taking the Spanish ship yeah. and there's Flint translating and feeding lines to Silver to tell him what to, to tell say. To tell him what to say in Spanish, right. Mm-hmm. Because he knows Spanish based on Miranda Barlow telling him to teach it. All right. So, and we're back on the ship then. Uh, Silver's doing his daily report which is now the new hit thing. Everyone's sitting around laughing, watching. They're all stomping their feet at the same time. You know, they're all wanting to chime in. Uh, and he gives the news about the fact that they're going to park their boat around the bend from Nassau so that they can send out some long boats. Uh, one of the sailors is kind of upset about that. And yeah. I, I like the whole debate. Like, you this clearly is a democracy. see we are on a Spanish <laughs> ship with Spanish flags. The idea of coming to the port doesn't sound too smart. And no. They go on and on about that. But then finally his people now he's he's clearly back in the crew because everyone's backing him up and having fun with him and he's more relevant to the crew than he could have ever hoped to be yeah i mean he's essentially flint's middleman messenger right-hand man guy well i was saying this a week or so ago they there was an article that came out about the development of flint and silver's relationship and even going into season three their relationship is still clearly not defined but their paths are still going in the same direction Mm -hmm. so they're still interacting with each other and i'm I'm glad that they're going to even throughout this whole second season continue to grow those characters because you don't want to get a character that gets complacent in itself and it stays the same and we don't we don't get that so i want the growth every week right so speaking of growth here's a man who has grown um so in the next thing we get uh charles vane oh he's practicing his fighting skills yeah oh ned Lowe comes to visit him and basically i i like that ned Lowe does this because he's like you know every island i've ever been to i know that there's always one guy one guy you don't cross and you're him. So I just want to, you know, he wants to know basically if this issue with Eleanor Guthrie is going to be an issue or if he's going to stay out of it, you know, and what he has to gain or lose from Mm -hmm. it. And even we see that Vane is sort of powerless in his situation, even though he has the most amount of power, if that makes sense. Cause I think like he can't do anything unless there's something to gain by it, by Mm -hmm. his men. It's if not, it's just him. Right. Which still is, is a threat in itself. Um, and I actually even wrote down in the scene when he, he gives him some money, basically trying to bribe him and Vane says he's not going to be an issue. And, you know, you guys should watch out for everyone else because they have interests as well. But do you think Vane is lying in this scene? I completely did. I mean, I feel like it's so obvious. And we saw this later in the episode with other people questioning or just calling Vane on him still being hung up on Eleanor. And even when Lo approaches him, he says, Oh, you know, I saw you at the tavern. Just want to make sure. 
you know, it's not going to be an issue. Your little because if it gets out of hand, and it will get out of hand. Yeah, and so I mean, on the one hand, it was so ballsy of Lowe to come in and do that, and then he's thrown down ten percent of their most recent, you know, treasure haul to convince Vane to side with him or to essentially not go against him should things escalate with Eleanor. But part of me feels like he was so dumb to even do that. I mean, maybe it's like bros before hoes sort of thing, but in the pirate world, but I don't know. It seemed so obvious with Vane that he's like... Clearly not over Eleanor and Eleanor right. is it. I think that Eleanor is his number one. Mm-hmm. I'm actually... Well, and we're going to get to this later on. I'm, I'm curious to see what, where Eleanor is going to end up in this coming up next week, in terms of how they left the episode and like oh, where yeah. it's going to where water. it's going to lead to, because she's now smack in the middle of everything that's going to go down. Yep. Uh, but we'll get to that. Save that one for later. Just put it on the back burner. Think about us while you go subscribe to our iTunes channels and our YouTube's and our SoundClouds, and you follow me on Twitter and her on Twitter at RyanHooks92 and at Lawrence Alon. That's. I mean, that's. Throwing that in there while I'm thinking about it, <laughs> you know. All right, so later on in the scene, uh, we get Jack Rackham back to business. He's awake, and no, Anne Bonny, uh, because Anne is still over in Max's room. Oh, so he goes poor off. Jack. Poor Jack. He goes off to essentially try to find himself a new crew. They're still trying to to build something, and there's st- every single week we see that him and Anne are trying to get something going to no avail because they have this black mark on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm I'm curious to. St- how they are portraying this jealousy between Rackham. Cause you know, he makes the comment. I'm not so concerned about her playing the thing between your legs better than me. I'm more concerned about the way she's playing the thing between your ears. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like so brilliant because he's, he's not worried about them and their sexual activity. He gets it. He understands that she needs this and she needs to do this for herself, but he also doesn't want her to be so manipulated that, that they get broken apart. Right. Right. And I like their, partnership i think they have a good you know one that's not too kind of perverted by other things so i like what jack recommend yeah and Anne have um and he even asked her don't you see what's going on that she's getting into your head and Anne says yeah i do i just can't nothing to do about it can't do anything about it how much do you think all this with jack is driven by fear of what max could do to them i think a lot because i think jack is always thinking about what the next move is. He's very smart and savvy about that stuff. And so I think he's to end with him, you know, saying he is worried about Max getting into Anne's head. I think that definitely signifies that he's worried that she's going to convince her to kind of pull away from him in some way. Well, I, I think that the partnership that they're getting into now, like I said before, is an awesome one. I think it's a great move for everyone involved. Uh, and, and, and as we learned this week, uh, I'm going to kind of skip around a little bit, if you don't mind, but I'm going to do it anyway. So uh, Charles Vane comes to see Max and wants some information because Eleanor Guthrie has told him about the score that Ned Lowe has, and he wants to find out what it is, and he wants to... Basically, I think this is his attempt to do something for Eleanor more than anything mm-hmm. else. He doesn't care about what the score actually is. I think he just wants to do it because he wants to do it for Eleanor. And he offers Max the 10% that Ned Lowe gave him, mm-hmm. but she turns it down and says, no, I don't want money. I want something more valuable. And she offers the service basically if Vane will remove the black spot from right. Anne Bonnie and Jack Rackham, which I think is like such a cool move. Like that's whatever doubts. And this is why I asked about the fear that maybe has with Max, whatever doubts that Rackham had about Max before now have to be gone because he, she yeah. went out of the way to do something to help them, which helps her. 
But at the same time, yes. So we've seen a few big moments from Max for Rackham and Anne. So with this week's episode with her kind of getting... Well, clearly some... going down on her was the first part. <laughs> Go on. hey um, But, you know, when she came in and kind of called out all the other women for not giving their fair share of their earnings. So that was the first big thing. And then, obviously, this week with getting the, you know, stamp of approval from Vane for Rackham. But at the same time, he's watching her do all this. I mean, I... I feel like you got to be skeptical of of everybody in the show. Absolutely. Yeah. So he shouldn't put too much trust in her. And he's worried that all they have right now is is this tavern and this business in terms of the prostitution house. I feel like she, he's worried that he could lose that too. Like that's this is what he has right now, and if that mm-hmm. goes, then where's he at? Well, he does he does have a flicker of you know he'll be able to get back on a ship and well now the crew. yeah you know because Vane comes in and sits with them and he goes to sit with sh- shut up and sit down yeah he's like what's going on in yeah here? I love he's I so sketchy the whole time yeah. he like, doesn't say anything you know and then obviously Max gives him the secret about what was on the ship uh, you know they shake hands and then he leaves and goes on his merry way well they do like a big public hug yeah public hug basically now they're they're busy but I do one thing I did notice more than anything in that whole scene was when they stood up. And Bonnie went for her sword to protect Jack mm-hmm. from the things that were going to happen. And actually, that's, that showed to me that regardless of what's happening with her and Max in this whole situation, that was like their thickest thieves. Yeah, you know? and, I like that and, part and a lot. Vane even said to he's like, you know what? You two have been through this when I found you two guys hooking up behind the shed before yeah. we even started doing any of this. And you two were either going to be the death of each other or you're going to run everything. Yeah, which... Makes me a little nervous for, I mean, we, we'll get to this later, but for what's going to happen down the road. I mean, there's two ways to go with that, obviously. And I think people, that, well, I, like we said, like his, killing people off. Historically, Rackham becomes a captain. So. But he also, doesn't he die before Lowe historically? I and they're, so they're mixing that up, obviously. Lowe isn't even already. historically in the same time frame as some of these guys, even though they, they, uh, captain some of the same ships. Him and Vane both captain the Ranger. Oh, yeah. Well. But so I, we know that they mix things up historically a bit. a bit. So who knows if they're gonna if that means then Rackham's gonna get it soon or or what? I just I until love then, and Bonnie's gonna keep getting it. <laughs> well, and then we we get the ending scene there where essentially he he's worried about being able to protect her when he's not in the same room. So she invites him into the room. Yeah. So if yeah, she's like, "What are you waiting for? Come on, what are you doing?" If one lesbian scene wasn't enough, we also got a threesome. We, but we didn't get a threesome, which I was a little, not that I like needed to see it, but we get so much other action that they Maybe didn't they show a sa- peak of the three-way. They were saving it for, well, they, I mean, they showed Anne Bonnie getting naked, which. Yeah, and Max, who we've seen a thousand times already. Which I'm not mad about. No, I mean, neither am I. <laughs> Let's be real. No, I mean, but- <laughs> she's adorable, so. But, I mean. I just thought that at least, hey, if you're going to show everyone else's everything business. Why not show why not? little Jack Rackham? At least shirtless something? Little? Listen, who, who knows you, even? You get Charles Vane shirtless. <laughs> shirtless, frontless. Well, this week. Yeah. I mean, do you need more than that? No, I don't think so. I, I don't. just noticed that, that, you know, they show every other sex scene. So what about that one? The first three way. Well, maybe, maybe it's going to start but... the episode off next week. Well, Something to save that for predictions later <laughs> on, right? All right. So we get uh, Flint back in town. Like I said, Gorn, jumping back a little bit because we already dropped off the novel. Uh, and he immediately wants to go seek out Horning Gold. 
he's uh, arranged with Silver to basically have a couple guys go ahead and keep an eye on everything. So mm-hmm. that they know where the gold is. Yeah, if the gold learn gets the moved. routine, yeah, see all that. The soldiers and how they're moving. And also Flint's instructing Silver to get rum and less flour because he wants the men good and drunk when he tells them they're not going to get to go ashore. Uh, and he knows they're going to be kind of upset about that. Yeah. However, we also find that Horny Gold is basically chilling out on the beach. Mm-hmm. No, like, What's his flag doing over there? Yeah, why is he right hut? over there? Because anyway, he goes ashore thinking that, okay, he's going to go talk to him about the harbor and he's going to go, you know, do all this and that. And he, in the back of his mind, he's thinking about what Dufresne asked him and about how he's going to explain what happened with Gates, which he later does explain about what happens to Gates, which we'll get to. But I, I like that that's something that, that Dufresne brings up to him. Mm-hmm. On a side note, while we're thinking about it, Dufresne, uh, so last week I made some comments about Dufresne being replaced, and I've recently learned about uh, the former Dufresne, uh, Janice Ilson. He actually has a brain cancer. So I just want to shout out to him and thoughts to go to him. And we hope you get better soon, buddy. And we hope you're back as Dufresne. That's what we want. Mm -hmm. And according to some of the articles I read, he actually, the the replacement was only temporary for hopes of him coming back. Well, hope things progress and get Let us know how everything's going. Hit us up on Twitter and we'll let you know. All right. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, Also, before Flint goes, he also suggests that the Vanguard stay in his room. Another brilliant move. Flint's just like making little moves that are just solidifying his position because he's like, oh, well, why don't you just let them stay in my quarters instead of sleeping out on the deck, you know, and why don't you do this to help them out? Why don't you buy more rum? And every move that he does is very so far ahead of everything else. So far ahead. And he's like planning every little move and he knows that he's going to have to tell these men that they're not going ashore. Mm -hmm. So he's like, what can I do in advance to make them happy? Or the next time somebody pulls a gun on me, you know, they're going to be there to help me because. I hope them now. So far ahead. All right. So let's keep moving right along here. Uh, one of the things also that was really cool this week, uh, Eleanor Guthrie goes to see Miranda, mm-hmm. which they haven't had very much interaction. She even says no. we've only spoken a few words to each other. However, you know, Eleanor feels like Miranda owes her something and basically wants Miranda to arrange a meeting. Yes. Her shipping company that they have started isn't going very well. And she thinks that with the help of a, one of the farmers, Mr. Underhill, that she can get some business going, get some money right. coming yeah, in place. Yeah, because Eleanor... She has a name and a reputation. Right, and Eleanor's blaming Miss Barlow for having sided with her dad previously. Right. So she's like, you owe me, lady. Sure, why not? Yeah, and I really, I really liked how... So they're talking about Flint, and she says, you know, you have some... Um, Eleanor is saying to Miss Barlow, you have some sort of control over him. I want to know what it is that happened that made it so he owes you. You know, why is he so indebted to you? And she says that, you know, she must be one of his demons, essentially. And I loved how Mrs. Barlow kind of came back at her. You know, it was very eloquent, but also very pointed, saying, you know, every man has his torments, demons born of past wrongs that hound and harass him. You perceive the effects of Captain Flint's demons, echoes of their voices, but I know their names. I was there when they were born. I know the things they whispered to him at night, so you can believe me when I tell you that within his chorus of torments, none of them look or sound like me. Oh, snap. In your face. I know. That was just so... I loved the writing of that. It was awesome. Thank you for that reading of that. You're welcome. Very nice. Dramatic reading. Uh, that was a very dramatic reading. <laughs> no, actually, I wrote some of the similar things down about, you know, that she knows all of Flint's demons. Mm-hmm. And, like, she even says, like, oh, you're friends with James. And he, she's like, who? Oh, yeah. Captain Flint. Like, they're on a first name basis. That felt so and, silly to me a little bit when she comes in. Like, you're not going to call him James to other people. 
seriously, come on. No, and I, I do. I think that scene was a very powerful scene, even though it was a very short interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it set up Miranda again. Going back to Miranda, I think she is a key that's so big in the story that we're getting just little bits here, and I'm glad we're getting more and more of that mm-hmm. because Flint now is Flint now because of Miranda. Right. No, no doubt in my mind that is and, exactly what happened. And I think that scene also showed a lot about Eleanor because I think obviously Eleanor is one of the powerful women in the show and as as is Mrs. Barlow. But with the two of them together like that, you see that Eleanor is kind of inexperienced Underclassed. and immature. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like the Eleanor you know, she's has like stomping no her idea. feet in there. You owe me. You know, Yeah, you give me this and uh, you did this for me. And yeah, Miranda. Yeah, so Miranda it's neat to that. see that. I, I agree that, that that totally contrasts them very well. Um, so as we find out, then Flint has returned, goes to see Eleanor, and basically she's also hired a new man to protect her because she's worried about getting killed, <laughs> as I would be as well. Right. Um, and I, I, like I said, I like when Flint showed up at the tavern and everyone was just dead silent. But also it was cool that she's like, you know, I never considered that you would show up without gold. It would either be you would never show up again and be dead, or you would come back with the gold. Mm-hmm. Like this, this idea of you making it, but failing in your mission never crossed her mind. Uh, that, I, this actually is probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole episode where she, Flint then goes on to tell her about what happened, mm-hmm. about how Gates was against everything that they were doing and basically tried to stop him. And Flint did what was necessary. Right. And that goes to show how far Flint is willing to go versus everyone else. Because, you know, she does lose the... the the castle to mm-hmm. Vane, and she's like, Vane's not an issue. Like you think he would be, he's on our side, you know, because he's working for them, so to speak. But he's not, and he's not an issue. But he is an issue, right? Well, and his whole speech about that, you know, and in part, I guess why he told her about Gates. Not that I mean, he would have had to anyway, but was to also say, I did Vane's what's necessary. Go. Yeah, so you've got to, girl. Do you think Vane would take the gold from Flint if he came back with it in the the boat? Because he, he positioned that. Not just because, I don't think. If there was some sort of... I mean, if Eleanor gets in the middle of it, I think that's definitely up for grabs. As a as a bargaining chip or something. I, you know, and I think... And I have said this before, and I'll say it again. Charles Vane is my favorite character in the show. Mm-hmm. And I actually have really enjoyed the way that he's been portrayed in the last several weeks. Because he's very there but he's not forcing himself to right. be there he's always in a scene but he's kind of kicked back and relaxed and he knows that he is the top dog and he doesn't have to prove it and i feel like that's really great because you see ned Lowe, who's like out causing trouble and out stirring things up and same with rackham and like they're trying to prove something mm-hmm. like how tough they are how and same with every character they're trying to prove how tough they are but he doesn't need to no he's like either super chill and mellow or insane <laughs> like going all Straight out. up insane. Yeah. Um, you know, and I like the, I like the way he's being portrayed in that, and that makes me like just enjoy him more. Every time I see him, I'm thinking like, man, Vane is such a cool guy. God, Vane is such a cool guy. Man, I want to hang out with Vane. Man, I wish Vane was. I wish, I wish Vane was in my. Let crew. me braid your hair. Oh, it's already braided. He looks great. <laughs> well, and I, you know, it's, it's good because now that basically that Eleanor has learned all this information, we've seen what Silver is. Silver, what Flynn is willing to do and how far he's willing to go. And I, I, I like that he's pushing Eleanor because I think that he knows something's going to give. And we see that at the end of this episode that the stand has to be made mm-hmm. essentially. And Eleanor's right in the middle of that. But I, I like that it, he's 
starting off getting that thought in her head. Yeah. Making her question everything that's happening. Now, do we think Flint... Well, I feel like we know the answer to this, but do we think he... How far would he cross her? Oh, I think he'll do anything that's necessary. Do you think he would Flint, kill her? Gates was his best friend. Yeah, but I feel like they have such like a... He's like got a almost... A weird dichotomy and dynamic to their character. Yeah, like almost fatherly, but not really, but maybe a little bit. A little bit. I feel like if it came to it, that if it was between her and the gold... He would kill her to get yeah. the gold. I don't think that actually will happen where I he'll agree. be put in a position where there, he would need to kill her. But Although I don't foresee maybe next week if there is an attack on the castle, I don't see that it's out of the realm possibility for her to be injured. Right. No. By something that Flint did directly based on their attack of the castle because she is there. Right. I could, I could very likely see that happening. Um, but I don't think that he directly would do anything to her. Right. He needs her too much at this point, yeah. even though... His his focuses are very singular, and they're very much the gold. He needs her more than he thinks, and more than he knows. So, and I do like then too. They've you know they brought Horning Gold back in. They brought Mister Scott back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and they're all part of this new big plot. And they need to figure out ways to strike on the fort. Uh, Eleanor even goes to see Mister Scott, asking him about how and what they can do to like basically set everything up, get it in motion. Right. And he even, you know, chastises her for what she's doing and tells her, you know, reassess where where are your loyalties? What are you doing? You know, who are you siding with? And so that's obviously from Flint directly. But now from Mr. Scott, it's becoming very clear that her split loyalty between Flint and Vane is going to be a big issue. So that's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. So. What happens sooner rather than later is the part that I've been waiting for the whole week, ever since last week. So Vane goes out to see Ned Lowe. He goes out alone in a mm-hmm. ship, and he basically says, I have a proposition for you, and you know, I have a castle, but I don't want to send the castle. I want to sail. And you have a crew and a ship, and I need a crew and a ship. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and while he's saying all this, you know, he he doesn't even get to start saying his proposal and ned's like no way buddy like i know you are whipped so nice try but i I, I like that that get out of here i like the two both scenes of them was very like intense and i love that you know he's he's basically telling me i i I figured you out you can't do anything without your crew even if you want to and i know you'll do whatever it takes for eleanor but your crew's not going to go for it so they've got nothing to gain by this you're pretty much weak and worthless yeah so get out of here. Do, do your guys even know that you're here? Picks up his knife. <laughs> Sets it on the table, twirls it around, fiddle farts around with it. Yes. So I love that he's like, nope, you can give me your crew and I'll give you a head start. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, thanks. I know. That. When he said, because you know that while this is happening, you're right, like, well, as we're watching, we know and- what's about to happen you see the guys popping up in the water and climbing the walls and stuff slitting throats yeah so just as he starts saying that you know a head start right when that beat hits you're like oh 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 snap it's it's happening so in the fight scene that they had between the two of them like it just vain is so seasoned because he like kicks the table at him right away and then goes right at him instead of backing off and as they were fighting like you know obviously low got the upper hand at him and he was Mm -hmm. choking him and this whole time i'm watching this and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like I hope his crew comes in and like helps him out. And then I was like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want his crew to come in to help him. I want Vane to handle it himself. Like yeah. I will, it's so much cooler if Vane does it himself. Yeah, he dug himself out of a, a grave After to kill being a guy. Smashed up, right? 
Yeah, after so, being basically dead, so he's got it. So dare I say this scene was an eye for an eye? <laughs> Is that a one-eyed joke? <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I had to say it. I wrote it down. Oh, I, I thought it was funny. Dang, I feel like I need an eye joke now. I don't have one. I did that for work? An eye. Yes, you don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just needed. It was just, um, okay, I'm done now. That was but, and so Moving they, on. They the reason they came was to find the girl on the ship. They did find the girl on the ship exactly where they thought she would be. Uh, which is huge because, as we learned previously, she is the daughter of the governor of the Carolinas, mm-hmm. who has all kinds of information. There's also a two hundred fifty thousand dollar or two hundred fifty thousand pound yeah reward for her head, you know reward reward for her head a ransom whatever reward money to return her safely. Yes, essentially like, that's that's huge. Yeah, that's more than a third of what the Ergo Prize is. Like yeah. why don't you take her back and get that money? Right. Well, but, you know. I would do that probably. Well, no, and, she's, no I wouldn't. and she's hidden now in the castle. She's in the nobody ca- knows she's there. And yeah, except next week when Flint goes in and takes it over, he's going to get her or find out about her. Something is going to go down. <sighs> well, and it, after the whole vein incident, he puts a spear with a head in the middle of town with a sign that says, "I angered <laughs> Charles Vane." <laughs> that was so awesome and so ridiculous. It was awesome and ridiculous. <laughs> I loved it. I also loved it very much. I think that was again I, that what I said last week was going to happen, and it was my favorite part. Yeah, and then right. just as he had hoped, Eleanor jumps his bones. Boom, and and uh, yeah, she goes to the castle. Obviously, it's a thank you, and they get down, and it's like dirty get down too. It's like take me from behind, get down. Yeah, loving it every I know. night. They wake and then they wake up together. And cuddling, romance yeah. also. Flowers. The candlelight of the castle. Yeah, she wakes up and he's staring into her eyes. Oh, yes, and his dirty, grungy hair. And it says, "Come here, I have something to show you." There's a woman no- knocked out <laughs> in my basement. There's a woman <laughs> in my basement. So, and, and this brings me back to what I was saying before. Now that this has happened, now that Nedlow has been killed by Charles Vane, which is a direct, "Hey, Eleanor, I love you," kind of thing. Yeah. And Flint's in the middle because he wants the castle to be in control of somebody that he trusts when he brings the gold back. Where is Eleanor in all this? Like, where does her allegiance lie when it comes down to the choice? I think she'd choose Charles Vane over Flint and the money. I think so. <sighs> no, yeah, I no, I, I don't because no, she already didn't. She already she, didn't choose Max yeah, or Vane. Right. She already double crossed him. So, well, I mean, right. Took his ship and didn't sell her yeah, merchandise and all so that. So I don't. I could see her throwing him under the bus again, essentially. Literally? Under the boat. Well, do you wonder... If, well, it looks pretty intense next week on the previews that we saw. So I wonder if almost minimal things happen and we saw the intensity and maybe she talks him out of the castle? Maybe. I don't, I don't see that happening. Well, she does have a lot of sway in but there's not. Decisions. It's not so much about Vane, it's about the men. So the men won't leave because it gives them power that they want and that's what they're doing. They're doing yeah, what they're doing. Yeah, and that's what he... Right. He has no control them. over the men. He's just rewarding them for their behavior and that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know. I, I am excited, though. Every single week I'm excited about what's going to happen. I know. And I'm excited to see. I'm, I was actually, I didn't see this coming at all, but the, the concept of Rackham getting a new crew. Like that was like, oh, I totally should have seen that coming. Where did I, you know. I can't, I can't picture it really. Jack, Captain Jack Rackham? No. With Anne Bonny as quartermaster? Well, she definitely brings, like, the the muscle to their team. Clearly. But 
Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. And he wants to just get like a small crew, like seven, eight guys and With go like out. With like a little joke ship. Yep. A little skiff that one of them can handle. A cute little ship. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see that either, but I am excited to see where it's going to go. What, what was your favorite part this week? Oh, man. I, I loved Vane's storyline this week because even when he's talking to Rackham, when he's, you know, when he puts in that good word, they have that public hug. He says, you know, now you know what it's like to wake from the dead, essentially, <laughs> which, you know, Vane, Vane, yeah, Vane did pretty literally. But I think this episode, we saw that even more with his badassery, if you will, against Ned Lowe. So that was really him finally fully waking up, I would say. So I love that. And, I, you know, we were talking about last week how excited we were for whenever that moment would come. So that was exciting. And also there was a lot of sex this week. Yeah. Lots of sex. Why not? It's stars. Lots of naked girls. Yeah. Lots of naked girls. Yeah. I, I did also like the dynamic between Rackham, Anne, and Max and how they, you know, the girls kind of let him into the situation. Well, I, I, it was interesting. And I feel like part of this stems from an actress not really being comfortable with nudity and also a dynamic they're trying to show with Anne Bonnie being sort of sexually shy because mm-hmm. as she enjoys she's kind of in the corner yeah she doesn't like, look back at them she doesn't she look just back. Kinda, but like, then she has all the scars away. on her back from all the fights and stuff yeah. that she's been in and all the to- I think part of that goes back to you know they don't talk about it but I think they might where I think that she because she talked about being in a situation like Max and that's why she a- appealed and associated with Max where she was beaten and raped mm-hmm. and what she did is she cut the guy's balls off so I mean matter of fact it is <laughs> and that's that's sort of what created Anne Bonnie into this kind of badass woman that she is now and the take no shit from no one attitude that she has. But we see those scars on her back and this sort of like shy side to her that's sort of timid and, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And they both, I mean, they both love her. Well, actually, I will ask you, do you think with Max now, we have seen her get her heart broken over Eleanor and be very scheming with nearly everyone else on the show, including the current situation she's in. Now, do we think that the 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 love triangle going on here is true love, like real love between Max and Anne, or do we think it's mostly plotting on Max's part? I think I don't think it's plotting on Max's part, but I don't think it's love either. I yeah. think it's something else. I think that it's Max seeing someone who's in a vulnerable situation who did something for her and wants mm-hmm. to do something. I'm sorry. Ambani did something for Max. So Max wants to do something for Ambani because Max essentially right. was saved by Ambani from those men. And she's the one that killed uh, them later. The, for the ones that were raping her and all that. So I feel like it's, there's a, a mutual respect. Right. I don't think that Max is, you know, has intentions in relation to relationships and love towards Ambani. But I feel like she thinks she's helping her. Mm-hmm. I think that the relationship that Rackham and Ambani have is more love based. It's, I mean, it's it's a weird kind of love. It's not like normal relationship, romantic love. But they have feelings and would do anything for each other. Right. Kind of love. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's not just scheming, but there is obviously, you know, it's a mutually beneficial. Do you situation. think Miranda Barlow's always been a minx? <laughs> yeah. I do. You do? I wrote a some well read on. minx. Yes. Okay, so I wrote some I wrote some other questions on here, so that's why I'm looking at them. Um 
no, that's not a question. Nope, that's not a question either. <laughs> no, I, I asked them all. I good. I'm, I, I covered myself. Yeah. Good. Nice. Well, so, but I also feel like with that love triangle situation, with what Vane said about them either being the destruction of one another or becoming the rulers of everyone else. You know, they do a lot of foreshadowing in this show. So I'm I'm worried that there's going to be an implosion of that. Those guys. You Everything? Know. That everyone's well, going to implode? We know there's going to be some implosions next week. I don't think the Rackham and Max situation is going to implode next nope. week. But I do think it will. So who's going to... If there's a battle, who's getting killed? Between the three of them? Just in, in general. Who's, who's a character that... Is a name character getting killed? I mean, is, is, is it DeGroote's time to go? Oh yeah, but yeah, you know, that what? Wouldn't play, be that, play that prediction music. It's that time. Let's talk about this. Get <laughs> hit it up. I need my flashy lights too. And now you're after streaming TV. predictions. Does someone get killed next week? Well, yeah. I mean, someone clearly, clearly no one that we know of gets killed. Does somebody we know, cause I mean, I, I for me knowing that, that Ned oh. Lowe was going to go, like I knew that, like I could just feel yeah. it. Like there are times I watch a show and I think about like these things happening and feel them happening. I actually thought your, your black sales ESP. But, yeah. But now I don't think he's going to, I don't, he kind of faded away. Horning gold, maybe a bit horning gold. I don't know. In I this think, attempt to take the castle. I don't think Vane or Flint no, will die. Not. No, absolutely not. Too soon for that. No. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that I think Vane is safe forever, but I know that, Silver and, and Flint going to season three, so that ruins that. Right. Uh, and I know that. What about keeping... Mr. Scott? I feel like he could die soon. He's I on, know he's when on uneasy water. I want to see Mr. Guthrie. He needs to yeah. be. I mean, I think if they have this meeting with Underhill next week, that he could come into he's it gonna, because he's been hanging out there. Yeah. So. Okay. You know what else did not happen this week? Um, Billy Bones. Yes. Billy Bones did not appear, but again, Billy Bones will appear. And I yeah. feel like, I think what's maybe going to happen, and somebody else said this on Twitter, and I agree, uh, that he might show up where the Spanish treasure is with that crew. Oh. Like do he'll you think be, that guy is... He'll be... Maybe that's the beach that he was on. Oh. That <gasps> that he is in the position now because that, that they were chasing the ship. The Spanish warship stopped them, but they escaped. Right. And that was when they were getting fired on, and Billy fell overboard, and they picked him up. I feel like that could be where we're at with yeah. all that. Yeah. That's something to think about. I think that's you know a good prediction. I think that that is Solid. what we have here on AfterBuzz TV's Black Sales After Show episode XI. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow us on the iTunes. Make sure you follow us on the YouTube. Make sure you check us out on the SoundCloud. Hashtag us at ABTV Black Sales. To my left, Lawrence Lawn. Where can they find out more about you? Hello, everyone. You can find me on at Lauren Salon. That's S-A-L-A-U-N everywhere on social media. And I also host the Parks and Rec After Show, which is on Tuesday nights. I like you said hello, everyone. Like they haven't been here for the last 42 minutes. Hello, everyone. I'm Lauren Salon. Thank you for tuning in. I've been up since 4 a.m. Give me a break. Thanks for making it. We appreciate you. <laughs> and as always, you can find me at RyanHooks92 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, mm. and also on the Gotham After Show every Monday night here at AfterBuzz TV. Guys, we will catch you next week when we find out more about Captain Flint, John Silver, Charles Vane, Eleanor Guthrie, and the rest of the gang here at the Black Podcast. See you later.
From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.